All righty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon, and we're ple- uh, pleasantly happy to welcome back actor John Dugan. How are you, John? Hey, Jimmy. I'm fine. How are you doing, Daddy? Oh, I'm pretty good. Just chillaxing. Yeah. <laughs> chillaxing. <laughs> yeah, it's a Monday. Uh, our play, our. My place of employment's closed on Monday, so I'm just been leaning back, watching movies, and having a lazy day. How have you been, my friend? I've been uh, well, really. I've uh, been busy on our paper there. <laughs> now that the, uh, you know, the convention scene and the film business is open back up again, everything, I am booked solid till the third week of November, I right think. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm on the road right now. I'm heading towards, uh, well, eventually Indiana. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, uh, I'm taking like a two-week road trip. Now, I can't remember. Uh, don't you live in Louisville, Kentucky, or do you live in Indiana? Uh, I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, Nashville, how? I lived in Louisville, Kentucky for uh, like 11 years. Well, I was half right then. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm stopping to see a friend of mine, uh, and my best friend, and, uh, at Plant 13 Studios in uh, Glasgow, Tennessee. He's been a couple of times days with him, maybe he's in the studio for it. And just hang out with him and his family. Oh, and then I've been to Louisville, just spent a couple of days with my old roommate, and then I've been to Shelbyville. Do uh, a uh, uh, Signing the hands and shaking the babies. And that's this coming weekend. And then the following weekend, I'll be in Fort Wayne. Book solid. And then, uh, I don't know, upstate New York, I was going to be at uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, San Antonio, Texas, Champaign, Illinois. Absolutely. I was getting, I'm like, man, I think he's going to get to it, but I'm not sure. You are just packed solid. Yeah, I am. Which, after not working for a year and a half, was great. It's rather overwhelming because I kind of forgot how to do it, how to juggle my time. Well, you know, because my phone, my phone's just ringing off the top of the book. You know, I have to arrange all this shit. <laughs> you know, uh, flight information and well, what kept you busy during COVID? What's that? What did you do during the COVID crap? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> I sat on the porch with my dog. <laughs> well, that sounds peaceful. Yeah, it was all right. But, you know, money was a little tight. My wife still works because she's uh, considered uh, uh, a uh, 
essential worker. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she kept on working. But really long hours because they had so many people that were uh, out testing positive. Both of them were out. And, uh, wow. So well, she kept up some overtime. That helped. Yeah, I bet. Uh, you know, she was real pleased with it. <laughs> She'd rather not work over <laughs> Well, I guess starting off is the good place to be Texas Chainsaw way back in 1974. Uh, that was your first film from what I've gathered. And how did you get involved with uh, a film that became such a horror classic? Uh, you want the true story of a fake one? <laughs> Of course. Uh, uh, my sister was married to Kim Hankel. Kim Hankel was my brother-in-law, and uh, who who uh, wrote wrote uh, the script and was a co-producer on the film. Okay. And uh, I was a young actress in Longhorn. He was a writer. Except, uh, and uh, it just you know worked out. Uh, I was doing a play, a children's play somewhere in uh, Chicago, and so I put the play, gave my notice, and went to uh, Texas. So it actually was all filmed around Texas? I'm sorry, what? It was all filmed in Texas? Yeah, no, the first one was all filmed. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, in the awesome Texas area, Texas Hill Country. Uh, Bastrop in uh, uh, Round Rock, that area, uh, uh, east of, uh, just a little northeast of Austin, if I recall. But uh, Austin has grown so much, it's damn near part of Austin. Uh, hmm. Austin, it's just a flood that I lived there in the desert. Interesting. And uh, the next film I see was Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation. That was 20 years later. What in the heck did you do for 20 years? It was fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I came down for two days and, uh, you know, shot my, uh, my scene with, uh, uh, Renee Zellweger, you know, my scene was just me and Renee, baby, pretty hot. <laughs> I, I think she dug me. Yeah, we had a brief, uh, we had a brief plan. Uh, <laughs> you know, a location plan. She was my location wife for a day. Man, you could have ended up being John Zellweger. You played your cards, right? <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure she wouldn't have any ideas why. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was real sweet. She was a very sweet young woman. She was right out of University of Texas. Wow. It was her second film. And it was uh, Matthew McConaughey's second All right, all right. Because uh, they have both done Days of Confusion. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, you know, he played a rather major role in Days of Confusion. 
she just she had just enjoyed it the time and all of them. Yeah, he wasn't uh I didn't get to meet him And plus they weren't anybody did that Yeah, it's I, I it's amazing these two are just uh, they become monumentally huge stars now. No, they both won Academy Awards and shit. Yeah. Crazy. And let's see, uh uh let's see who's the other guy the Academy Award. Yeah, let's see. Ron Bozeman, our production manager, uh won the Academy Award for producing uh uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, wow. And, uh, Eagle Mortensen won the Academy Award. He was in one wow. of the, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we've had some decent, uh, talent come out of them. Oh, absolutely. And John Dugan, you can't, can't forget about, can't forget about John Dugan choking to death over there on the other end of the phone. <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm an old guy. <laughs> Sometimes I inhale my own saliva. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> yummy, yummy. No, every, you, know, I, you know, I had half my jaw removed. Oh, really? Well, I, I remember you having cancer. How have you uh, have you gotten over the cancer, so to say? I don't know. You're the first I'm aware of. <laughs> I think I'm crossing into Kentucky. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, you came back in, in 2013. I always find it interesting when people uh, come back to roles like 20, 30 years later and play Grandpa in Texas Chainsaw 3D. What was that like? That had to be pretty oh, cool. Oh, God, that was totally surreal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, the makeup was so good in that
So it wasn't nearly as bad as the first one, but still it was pretty bad. So I, I had to stay in my air conditioned trailer because the Nathan guys, the trailer's gonna melt. Oh, God. The cell phone's like a second executive producer uh, was standing at the end of this row of body wagon uh, talking to two suits. You know, he said, John, come here. I want you to meet somebody. And he was so proud of my makeup. And he said, uh, so I walked over and before he did this, I said, you know, what the fuck, Carl? He goes, what? And I said, 38 years later, and I'm in full makeup, and it's 106 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, have you people never heard of winter time or autumn or anything out here? What the hell? And so, Sean, I'd like you to meet two of our financers. Uh, <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are we getting ourselves into? These two money guys from New York. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> who would, who would <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my gosh. That's too much. Yeah, but he was so proud of he was so proud of the job that did replicate in the house, you know, that his set crew did. Mm -hmm. his, you know, his uh, production designer and his and uh, he had a film crew uh, filming me when I got out of the actual band and looked at him for the first time. He wanted to get my reaction for the extra. Yeah, one of the, the things I took away from the differences is that the, the 2013 version's makeup was so much more realistic. You almost look like a mummy in the first film. <laughs> Yeah, well, people thought I was dead, so I moved. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was what they were going for. <laughs> well, they, they did it. Until, until people who saw the film started telling me that. I knew I wasn't dead. I, hell, I was in there, you know. It never crossed my mind. <laughs> they just kept telling me not to move. Don't move at all. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, that was uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was way before my time. Well, thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. My wife, my wife likes to point that out to me. <laughs> she, she was only three years old. <laughs> 
Well, hey, you got a younger lady. You can't be mad at yourself for that, John. Yeah, baby. She's in her 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a young babe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, she's 18 years younger than me. Well, yeah, you're still winning, then. Uh, she, uh, she was born the year I graduated from high school. That's kind of creepy. Well, let's see. My mom's fiancé was in second grade when she graduated high school, so that's got to be equally as creepy. Oh, wow. Good. Look for your mom. And let's see, my I was in when I was in kindergarten, my girlfriend was going into high school, so I mean we're all a little weird. Well. <laughs> but you're you're uh, you're still acting. What's some of the most recent things you've been involved with? Uh, see, the most recent thing I've done is in the can. It's got distribution. Uh, the most recent piece I've done was. Uh, are always good. And I play kind of an old burnout uh, homicide detective. I'm still on the police force. And I joined up with my next partner who's a really burnout private detective who got thrown off the police force. But I you know, it's my opinion, he's one of the best investigators out there. So they joined up to find this fucking psycho. <laughs> and, uh, it was a lot of fun making. I made Texas. I got to uh, spend uh, four or five days in Corpus Christi. Oh, nice. Next to the right in a hotel right on the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. And then, uh, oh, Rock, Paper, Scissors, which was uh, uh, written by. Uh, 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 Dick Miller wrote the first, uh, I guess the third piece. Wow. And, and, um, and Harry, uh, Harry Fleming, uh, was the writing partner. And directed by Tom Holland. Nice. With, with me and my husband and, uh, uh, oh, shit. What's your name? Old deal. Uh, uh, Tate Old deal. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, uh, uh, 
Uh, Corey. What's her name that played uh, Marshall Brady? Uh, Brady. Oh, God. Corey McCormick. Corey yeah. McCormick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays one of the victims' mothers, but I, and I play a, uh, I play the psycho pedophile uncle that turns this guy insane. <laughs> A psychosexual serial killer. Oh, wow. And that was a roar good time because Tom Holland, you know, uh, it took me a while to come down for it because I had to study a lot of creepy shit. I bet. Yeah, you know, I didn't have to. It's the way it works. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I had to read all the interviews and you know, watch it there. Creep Central Station. And Tom Holland just, uh, you know, and he didn't know who I was, and he had called, uh, and they insisted on everything. And, uh, because I, quite a while. Maybe on the road, we sat next to each other at a convention. Move all the 
60 miles an hour in a fast lane. Yeah, I'm in no hurry. I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm already running a little. I got stuck. It was off the side of the road. So it, it was just the uh, papers blocked. I also see. Oh, you're good. I also see you recently made a movie called Attack of the Killer Chickens where you were a prime minister. Prime Minister Dugan, of all people. What? Attack of the Killer Chickens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I shot that whole part, that whole cameo at my table uh, at the new, uh, the new Jersey horror film, uh, horror film festival and convention several years ago. She's still trying to get it, uh, you know. Uh, she got slowed, got slowed down by the, uh, the COVID, like everybody did. Yeah. But yeah, so it was supposed to be, so I was just like, all to do. Uh, Talking about uh, how the solar chicken from outer space comes and all that shit. And then the chicken goes, comes up from behind me and fucking kills me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually know Genevieve. I've had her on the show, and uh, man, there's some some people, other people I know, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, Cad uh, Rocha, Ona Carroll. So, oh, is Lloyd gonna be there? No, I'm talking about the the Attack of the Killer Chickens cast. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had uh, yeah, I had dinner with Lloyd and his wife, and it was just yeah, you gotta love Uncle Lloyd. He gave me a great interview. Uncle Lloyd, though he's a great. He gave me a great interview, and he's a great guy. Oh God, he's a great. Guy. <laughs> he bought a, a taxi mask up there. We were up on a mountain. <laughs> we went on an outing up to Bam. So we're up in the Canadian Rockies. It's just fucking beautiful, and we're all snapping photos of you know everybody in front of the scenery you know, and all that shit. And Lloyd whips out <laughs> goddamn. Toxy mask and puts it on. <laughs> oh, wow. Does he want his, you know, a photo of Toxy up there? <laughs> He's a fucking trip, man. That's crazy. I know quite, quite a few of his, uh, his uh, girls, you know, the, the girls that work on this table camping or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was in a film uh, called uh, In the Pines, a short uh, 
little short old little story. And I did the wraparound on it. You know, I was cramped once on his two grandchildren, the ghost story. They want to hear a scary story. So I think, well, you know, I know. Hey, once upon a time, right around here. Uh, right around these parts, you know, and then fades to the story. And Misty Gone Simmons uh, wrote for anything. She was a former, uh, you know, white author. You know. And uh, she was wonderful to work with, really bright and talented. But, so you're, I'll see you in Champagne. Yeah, what uh, what's the future got going for you? You got uh, Dark History Con. You got you're traveling a bunch. Yeah, I uh, can have anything to do with the with the uh, Dark History Con. Are you like partners with Brian or what was the Oh no, I've I've just been help uh, having people on the show and helping him promote and stuff since 2015. I, I gotta get in touch with him. Make sure he's next to the this is a good friend of mine. You know John? Who was it? John Borowski. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I've met him at the first uh, uh, Dark History. Mm-hmm. He and I sat where we sat next to each other. You know, that's why I met John. And we've seen him. Well, he's working his ass off the John Wayne Gacy documentary right now. I'm trying to finish it up. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's, his, it's his masterpiece, I think, because he's been working on years. But he does the event. He's a great documentary filmmaker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's some great, there's some talented people in our business, you know, who really are. <clears throat> oh, definitely. You okay there? Oh, yeah, just <clears throat> frog in my throat. Uh, yeah, you sure you didn't inhale your own saliva? I may have. <laughs> a little more snot than saliva, but I think there was some in it. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for, for coming back on the show. It's always an honor to talk with you, and I'll see you in a, a couple weeks, my well, friend. God, yeah, I'll see you in a few weeks, and... Uh... I think we'll have a lift of glasses together, right? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, uh, at least two. I, you know, there's no such thing as one. No, definitely not. Really, no such thing as two, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it, Jimmy. Absolutely, John. Drive safe. No road rage now. I will. Oh, I don't get that shit anymore, man. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I kind of. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back eight minutes when you. Oh yeah, well that's good. All righty, man. I'll like I say, see you in a couple weeks. Nice talking to you, man. That's good, John. Yeah, you too. Always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you. All righty. Bye. Bye bye. Alrighty, guys, big thanks to our old friend John Duggar for joining us, and we're going to be back on the 6th. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I thought he was going to hold on and like say to, goodbye to me after the show ended or something, but uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know what he locked, listened to talk radio or something. 
Uh, but anyways, big thanks again to John Dugan. That was the third time he's been on the show. Always a pleasure. Going to be great to see him in just a couple weeks at Dark History and Horror. And Core. <laughs> Dark History and Horror Con. I need to steep, steep. See, I'm doing it again. I need to stop speaking so fast. This radio thing, I just start rambling. Uh, in a couple, a little over a couple weeks, probably. I'm not sure of like the actual breakdown. But October 23rd. 2021 at the Iowa Hotel Conference Center in Champaign, Illinois. Dark History and Horror Con returns after an unfortunate hiatus last year due to COVID. So many wonderful guests going to be returning this year. John Dugan making his second appearance at Dark History and Horror Con. John Borowski, who we just spoke about, who's a great uh, documentary filmmaker. Uh, we have Wyatt Weed, the boar predator, coming back. He was with us in 2019. Also joining us again from 2019 is David Thibodeau, who survived... Uh, the 1994 Waco Siege, and um, 1993, I believe. I always get that, that part mixed up. I believe that was 1993. But, um, yeah, so many great people. Also joining will be Terry McMahon, who played Pam in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, little Texas Chainsaw reunion between John and Pam. Uh, and she's going to be joining the show with us on Wednesday, this Wednesday, October 6th. It's going to be really nice talking to Pam. Had this, uh, talking to Terry, had this interview scheduled for a few months now because he's been so busy. Um, John, uh, I think the interview with him has been scheduled for about a month and a half because he was just slammed in September. Uh, but Terry McMahon, October 6th, um, no other interview scheduled, but I'm, I'm, I've sent out some, uh, requests. And then October 15th, going to uh, Indianapolis, gonna go to, uh, Cave Hill Cemetery and see some uh, famous graves, including President Benjamin Harrison, uh, gangster John Dillinger, and the man who created Sudoku, and the list goes on and on. Uh, also going to be having lunch with actor Peter Spellos, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago and who I had on the show back in like 2014 or 15. Uh, he's done a bunch of great films, including In the Army Now, Men in Black 2, and Heartbreaker, so it's going to be nice uh, chatting it up and meeting him in person. Uh, and on the way back, we're stopping in Terre Haute. I'm hoping to go to uh, Books a Million because they have such a, a cool uh, toy section with toys you can't really find everywhere, collector toys and whatnot, so it's going to be cool uh, to go by there. And we're having uh, lunch or dinner with uh, Candace Comalari, who I just uh, had on the show about a week ago. I actually might have been a week ago today. I'm not quite sure. I'm horrible with Everything just started to melt together since COVID. But we will see you guys October 6th for Terry McMahon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. All righty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon. And it is an absolute honor to welcome Terry McMahon to the show. How are you, Terry? Hi, goody, and thank you. Man, it's been so long since Texas chainsawed you. Can you still believe it's uh, it's it was a real thing? It really happened. <laughs> Such an amazing movie. Well, I didn't come out until thirty-five years later, and um, so yes, now it does because I've been out since then and talked about it a lot, and um, have fond memories. And you know, it, it was it was a lot of different things. Well, how did you become involved with uh, what became such an iconic uh, horror franchise? Um, at the time that I was doing it, um, I had been 
uh, enrolled at St. Edward's University in Austin, and I was doing plays with them. And um, I was working part-time. Uh, I'd been waiting tables at this place for over a year, and, you know, it was a good gig so I could go to school and make money. And um, I got a, a message from the director of the theater, and he said that some people were doing a horror movie, a local horror movie. They'd seen my picture in the American Statesman, and um, they wanted me to, uh, they wanted to see me about doing a part in their movie. And so uh, that's what started it. Wow. Well, it seems like right place, right time. What? It kind of seems like right place, right time. I guess so. I mean, you know, it was a non-union, which at that time was, you know, you just don't do non-union. Right. There's nothing like indie spirit awards or, you know, it was all uh, that way. And I was a pretty serious actress, you know. I, I really... I would be acting, you know, forever. So I, it wasn't the top of my list to do a non-union horror movie. Horror at that time was not really a respected genre. It was like a, a step above um, softcore porn, you know? <laughs> and so um, it's hard to realize that now because it's a genre. But Chainsaw was the beginning of that, you know, that making it what it was, it put Texas on the map for sure. Oh, definitely. And um, so after I auditioned, I still was thinking, oh, what am I going to do? You know, I wasn't really sure. And a friend of mine said, ah, Terry, go ahead, do it. You know, just call him back and tell him you'd like to do it. So I did. I called Kim Hinkle and I said, hi, Kim. It's Terry McMahon, and I'd really like to do your movie. <laughs> so, so, anyway, um, I came in for another reading, but on that reading, they wanted me to wear short shorts. And so I put on my little white short shorts and a little peachy pink top, and I got on my bicycle. And I rode over to the apartment where actually John Dugan and uh, Lou Perryman were sharing it. And because John had come in from Chicago, he was Kim's brother-in-law at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were sharing the apartment and that's where they did the audition in Austin. I've known John about three or four years. He came on the show the other day. He's a great guy. New Jersey? Oh, I said John. I've known John for three or four years. He came on the show the other day. He's a great guy. Oh, he came on the show. I thought you said you saw him on the show. Yeah, good, good. All right. I like it when uh, when conventions can have more than one cast member from a film or TV show. It'll be cool if both of you guys are going to be at Dark History Con this year. Yeah, um, I think it was he and um, Ed, Ed Neal was there, and I'm not sure, maybe Alan was there too in New Jersey, 
think they were all there together. And John and I will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, DeadCon, um, the 16th and the 17th. Very cool. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I was curious uh, what it all entails to be a leg and uh, leg or hand and foot model. <laughs> I did. Seems I interesting. did. When I moved to New York, a friend of mine was a hand model and introduced me to her agent. And um, she, she uh, my friend said it was okay if I wanted to do the leg and foot modeling, but you know, not the hand modeling because you know it's a small market and. So she didn't want the competition, so I said, no problem, I'll just do the leg and foot modeling. So I did some of that, and it was interesting, kind of, you know, parts modeling is what it's called. So, um, so you have to be really careful, no bruises, you know, can't walk in your heels to uh, go sees. It was really different back then, you know, nothing was on computer, you were walking your headshots around and killing mm. your feet it was a whole different a whole different world <laughs> yeah I'm sure it was it's, it amazes me not even being in the industry but just seeing the changes you know over the years and the, the quality coming up with uh, the video itself and then uh, you know props and CGI and computer this and prop that it's just it's amazing well, it opened up when they started doing um, cable channels. You know, there, it, 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 it multiplied the jobs exponentially for everybody. So, you know, that was just about when I was leaving the business. So in the, in the late 80s, I was, you know, pretty much deciding on doing other things. So, but it's, it's changed a lot for sure, and it's great now because you can just you know you can get tape on yourself or you can um you can uh send your pictures over the internet you know you don't have to sit around all day and lick stamps and make out envelopes it, it was quite a challenging time for actors i bet well, that's kind of interesting you brought up leaving because I was curious uh, what made you leave the industry, why you decided to come back, and, uh, you know, what some of the differences were uh, in round two versus when you originally were being an actress. Um, well, you know, when you get to be 30, which is, I was a little over 30 when I finally started becoming famous, took at least 10 years it was banned across the world banned for 10 years and wow. all you know Italy France Sweden uh, it was just banned it was banned for 25 years in England it was banned until 2013 in Germany but I think it's just because they overlooked it you know but it was it was black marketed you know everywhere but um just in the beginning, like around 80, it was just sort of catching on. It was getting a, a following. And uh, they did an article in the LA Chronicle and they called and asked if I would do an interview. 
So that was kind of interesting because, you know, I hadn't thought of it. But back then, you know, before cable, really, the jobs were just so much fewer than, you know, whatever. And I um, kind of had always been good in business. And so I decided when I was in L.A. that I would do flowers and plants. And so I had a plant maintenance business. And then I started a flower business, and I had a flower stand at the Canyon Country Market, where everybody goes. If you cross Laurel Canyon to get in the valley from Hollywood, um, the the Canyon Country Store is right there. So I had a flower business, and, you know, I was doing pretty well. And it just... You know, it takes up a lot of your time with you when you're running your own business. So I was doing like um, friends and I would uh, get together and do plays, uh, equity waiver plays, so that you know people could see it. So I was still dipping into it a bit, but um, but that's how I got you know into doing other things. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, you do anything for, I, I know certain things, but acting's probably like a lot of things. You do it for so long, you kind of want to open the doors and see what else you can get out and do. Well, you know, there's a lot of waiting on the phone to ring. Right. And um, as the years go by, you know, you just find other things in life that interest you and fulfill you if you're looking. So, um you know, I did that, and I was in L.A. that time. I moved from Texas. I moved from Austin. Right after we finished the film, I moved to Dallas, and I did dinner theater, waited tables. Then in 75, um, I moved out to L.A., and um, it was a whole different world. You know, I immediately got a waiting job, and... Um, but you're always, you know, I need some pictures, you know, because they're always giving their photographers business. And so you're always getting portfolio shots and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was getting old after a while. And um, so when I moved to New York, um, I was managing a restaurant on the Upper West Side and doing the foot, leg and foot modeling. And... Um, so I did that the first couple of years, and then I worked for different florists in New York, learned a lot. And um, then I headed back to Texas, and I became the catering director for all the On the Borders in Dallas, which is the original city, and um, made them a bunch of money. <laughs> and then they decided not to give me my commissions when I made them a half a million in one year. <laughs> off the, you know, we would take the food from off-peak time. So it was like a half million dollars. It was on and off property catering. And um, so when they decided not to, you know, they were just jerks. So they didn't mm. want to pay me my commission. I said, well, mm. gee, I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> right. So I moved to Austin and started my flower business and ran that for 13 years. It was great, great fun. My mom would love that. She, oh my God, she's got probably two hundred plant, two hundred pound plants out at our house, and uh, she was a master gardener for twenty years. Oh wow, fun! 
Yeah, we have so many plants, it's ridiculous. And being that we live in Illinois, in about a month, we're going to have to haul them all in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't frozen leave them out in that cold. They'll no. just freeze to death. Yeah. Keeping plants alive is fun if the weather permits, you know. So, it's good. Yeah, Mom loves it. They're her babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, being that you've done so many can probably wonderful conventions over the years, I'm sure you signed a lot of meat hooks, etc. But what would be the weirdest thing that you've I've been asked to autograph? Hmm. Well, I've certainly autographed a lot of people who've had Pam tattoos, you oh, know, wow. Pam and Leatherface, Pam tattoos. So I guess those are pretty unique. Um, but, you know, sometimes you'll get, like, dealers that come through and want you to sign 50 items or 75 items. Like, right now I'm in the middle of doing one where the guys, I think it's about 75 signatures. So, it's kind wow. of interesting and fun. And um, so, that's what I'm doing right now. In fact, I have, a, I need to get a, a picture out. I ordered it, and I just, you know, I, I, um, I couldn't get it out yesterday for reasons unknown, hmm. <laughs> but I'll get it out tomorrow, <laughs> but I, you know, I get those kind of orders, I run Pam's page for her, I made her get her own page, <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> um, but I've been, like, in the last month or so, not really on Facebook very much, you know, just decided to take a hiatus. I don't blame you. It's just, it's just mostly crap anyways and drama. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> uh, going through so many changes right now. Um, it's just so weird with all their algorithms oh, and yeah. all that stuff. So I've just decided... It's okay. I can take a little break, but it's fun because I um, I do meet a lot of people. But now I try and get people to just go to Pam's page, and um, and so they do that. Yeah, I'm so, sure it's not easy balancing uh, an acting career and a personal life and Facebook and all that jazz. Well, Facebook can be like work after a while, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I just didn't want to spend that much time on it. I'm doing other things that I really enjoy doing. I like to read, so I've been doing that. And um, I love watching documentaries. Oh, me too. Uh, do you? Yeah. They're my favorite. I don't know how many serial killer documentaries I've watched over the years. <laughs> I used to read those a lot, but now I'm just into all kinds of documentaries like you know Netflix has a bunch and mm -hmm. Prime has a lot so um, I exhaust those and then hope they'll add more soon you know I really that's my thing <laughs> nice. very cool well we have Dark History Con coming up in a couple weeks that you're going to be at besides that what does the future hold for you Terry it was awesome talking with you darling um well probably going to do a few more shows this year I wasn't obviously because of COVID I stayed really locked away um, and so it was interesting I left town to go to Salt Lake City to meet a friend 
last week and uh, went to see the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers. Interesting. There. So that was great. And I, I was, it was right before the show and everybody was just kind of sitting around and I said to all the people around us, I said, have you ever seen so many old hippies in your life? No. <laughs> so it was great. So, um, I would have loved to have seen the Doobie Brothers. That's probably awesome. Yeah, it it is. I love Michael McDonald. I just think oh, he's yeah. great. And the, and the Doobies are such, they're just so wonderful as musicians. I mean, they play lots of different instruments, and um, they're just, they're so, they're really great musicians, you know? And so it was, it's nice. Um, I, I had heard that Michael McDonald had canceled a number of shows, so... People need to be aware that, you know, for some reason, I don't know if he maybe had COVID or something, mm. you know, and had to be in uh, lockdown. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think, you know, I think we would have, I mean, I can't imagine going and Michael McDonald not being there and be like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, lucky doobies, but, you know. <laughs> because every time he would do a song, the audience would just light up like the Christmas tree, you know. And um, so I don't know what that's all about. But good talking to you. Are you going to be at the, the Champaign, Illinois? Of show? course. Yeah, it's only about forty minutes from me. So I've been going since twenty fifteen and helping Brian where I can. And absolutely, can't wait for it. Good. What's Brian's last name? Ward. W-A-R-D. Oh, okay. Very good. Well, good, then I'll get to meet you. Yes, it will be wonderful to see you. And where, uh, before we go, where can everyone find the, the Pam page on Facebook? Um, it's called Pam, the original chainsaw gal. You got a nice ring to it. Yeah, well, you know, it was when they started coming out with the other films. Mm -hmm. And I figured, well, I'm the original Pam, so I better put it out there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can't blame you. So once I did that, um, you know, it, it was good because uh, people would, you know, like to send me headless torsos and all kinds of things <laughs> to post on my page. And I said, you know, this is, I really want to get horror off of my personal right. page. And so that's what I did. <laughs> but anyway... It's, uh, it's all good, and I just roll with it and have a great time. Fans are so fun and so nice, so it's going to be That's awesome. It's fun. This will be my first show in a couple of years. Well, I think it will be memorable for you. Everybody's always really nice, and uh, Champagne's got its fair share of stuff to do and places to eat, so I think you'll enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is funny, though. When I flew um, to Salt Lake City last week, they, they closed down what they had a super shuttle, which was great. You know, they'd pick you up, and for 22 bucks, you'd go out. You know, the airport's about 15 miles from me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I called, and they said, oh, no, super shuttle closed. Uh, you want to go to the airport, huh? Okay, well, I can get you a... a it's a $100 either way, round trip, 200 bucks to go 14.6 miles. 
I love how it's a hundred dollars both ways or two hundred round trip. Like they're giving you some yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, I said you know that's what it's costing me round trip to go to Salt Lake City on an airplane. <laughs> it's, it's, you guys are out of your mind. Oh crap! I think I'm gonna give you two hundred dollars. I I don't know where you live, Terry, but I would be almost willing to drive out and take you myself because that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm having lunch with Kim tomorrow, and I'm going to ask him, hey, you, have you got any better ends on getting to the airport? <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind, you know. It was, a, it was an education, Ian. It was I an bet. education. <laughs> we seem to have those all the it? time. Huh? We seem to have those all the time in life. Yeah. Yeah, I just said, well, you know, it'll be good when we can all get in the same thing and, you know, we don't have to worry about catching a virus. Right. <laughs> Those will be good days. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of your uh, evening. All right, Ian. You too. Have a great evening, and I'll see you very soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Alrighty, guys, big thanks to Terry McMinn. I've been shoving it down your throats for months now, but Dark History and Horicon, October 23rd, 2021, at the iHotel Conference Center in, ho uh, in Hotel. It's in a hotel uh, in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, you can find more info at Dark History and Horicon on Facebook, and I think there may be some other links to, to be found there. We're going to be back Wednesday with uh, Kent Aberl, for who uh, I had to reschedule. Um, Last time and time before that he had to reschedule, but our first for episode one of our Memories of Ted's Warehouse podcast, Kansas Drummer, it's going to be nice talking with him, and uh, packed month for me, going to be a good one, got Dark History Con, going to pick up Corin Nemec, Parker Lewis from the airport for the show, got uh, Covered Bridge Festival this weekend, uh, next week I'm going to Indianapolis, so uh, packed full of fun. Alrighty, guys, we'll, we'll see you on Wednesday with Kent, Kent Aberl. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.